With 120 minor league teams to follow, it's sometimes really easy to lose track of Major League Baseball as a whole and what's going on. So I sat down with Selly from Locked on MLB to talk all things prospects debuting in the majors and then just wherever the conversation took us. Check it out. You are Locked on MLB Prospects, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Lindsey Crosby, Locked on MLB Prospects. He's Sully, Locked on MLB. Thank you for being here. How are you? And we're crossing over. We're going to John Edwards this and cross on over and talk about, you know, we are crossing over to the future because some people want to talk about the stars of today. We're talking about the stars of tomorrow, today. So let's time machine this and realize that we are living in a world where the top prospects are actually it's a it's a novel concept in 2022 bring up the saying, good players yeah let's if you're ready to play in the major leagues why don't you play in the major leagues what do you think huh here's a little bit of trivia for you okay so the top five prospects in baseball this year were all high upside young hitters mm-hmm. um the last time you had five high upside young hitters as prospects one through five. Can you guess the year? I'll start naming players if you get the year wrong. Um, let's see. Well, you know what? I'll just say uh, uh, 2011. Okay, a little farther back. Here we go. Uh, two, two names. Jeffrey Hammonds, Alex Gonzalez, the least accomplished of the five. Oh, so this this must have been... Uh, I'm going to guess Jeffrey Hammonds. Gosh, is that going to be like 97? A little bit earlier. Uh, Cliff Floyd, Carlos Delgado, also in this year. Oh, so this must have been going into 1994. 1994. The fifth guy was Chipper Jones. It's the last, right. the only other time you've had five top prospects all be young, like high upside young hitters. Wow. And I think we would have gotten all five of them were it not for injury. So Julio Rodriguez. Obviously, mm-hmm. playing for the Mariners. Bobby Witt made it to Kansas City. Spencer mm-hmm. Torkelson's man in a corner in Detroit. Riley Green fractured his foot. He was going to make the team in the outfield in Detroit. And Adley right. Rutschman had the triceps injury. But I think if not for that, he was going to make the team. So you had 10 top prospects, not counting those last two guys, still get called up. By the way, the um, for those of you who don't remember, uh, 1994 was – the first year that they expanded the playoffs and had the divisions into the central, uh, added the central division and wildcard. But that was also the year that we had the World Series taken away because of a player's strike. Uh, I distinctly remember the Blue Jays went into 1994 as the two-time defending World Series champion. And Carlos Delgado came out of the gate he like hit like two or three home runs, like in his one of his first games. Mm-hmm. And one of my best friends in college at the time was a diehard Blue Jay fan, born and raised in Toronto. And he was like, I can't believe it. We're going to be the three time world champion. Oh, Carlos it's his Delgado. fault. It's his it, fault. It, pretty much. But uh, Delgado, man, he, he timed his, his Blue Jays run so poorly that he arrived just as the party ended. But yeah, that was a trip. Mean, people remember that there was a race with um, Matt Williams and um, Griffey 
who was going to pass Roger Maris. Uh, Tony Gwynn was uh, chasing down 400, but we had a slew of wonderful young players who played that year. And it was, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah um, if I remember correctly, Chipper Jones was injured that year, though. Didn't I think he, did, I think he got he hurt miss- during the year. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, it's just funny to me because before we turned the mics on, you were talking about like, you know, the whole, they used to call you a baseball encyclopedia. And I'm like, well, there you go. You just, I gave you a year and you told me all about the award winners that year. The- well, I, I am, I'm going to baseballreference.com, the Sydney Warriors website, the history of the planet Earth. And you saw, here are some of the players in the uh, American League who got rookie of the year votes, included Manny Ramirez, Rusty Greer, Jeffrey Hammonds, Jim Edmonds. But none of them won Rookie of the Year. The Rookie of the Year went to Bob the Hammer Hamlin. Wow. Yep. I forgot about Bob Hamlin winning that. Bob Hamlin, yep. Uh, the National League Rookie of the Year was Raul Mondesi. And some of the other names on that list would include uh, Ryan Klesko, who obviously had a wonderful career, Steve Traxel, who had a nice career, C- Cliff Floyd. Uh, Bobby Jones, who wound up having a couple of solid years with the Mets. Mm-hmm. But number two on the uh, Rookie of the Year vote in the National League, ladies and gentlemen, John Hudeck. <laughs> John Hudeck. So, like, this makes me think about something that you said in there when you talked about in 94, uh, the postseason was expanded, and you saw right. all of these prospects come up. And there's a parallel there to this year because this year the postseason has been expanded from 10 to 12 teams. So mm-hmm. you've increased the field by 20%. And then you change that first round of wildcard matchups from the one and done to a best of three. And so part of me wonders how many, like seeing all these, like these 10 prospects in the top 100 come up, how much of that was because teams knew that the marginal value that prospect could add could push them into a playoff spot. Um, it, I think that you, especially when you saw how a, a one win here or there would have meant the Blue Jays and the Mariners in the playoffs last year, mm-hmm. that maybe the idea of having the best team always on the field isn't such a bad problem to have. Uh, th- the other thing that I would definitely point out is that you're starting to see teams see that if a star is a star and they see they're a star, they're going to try to buy out their prime. Mm-hmm. You saw it happen with Wander Franco. You saw it happen with Fernando Tatis Jr. And Ronald that's the pod, you know, with who was that? What did you say? Ronald Acuna. Same Ronald Acuna. Yes, it's another example. Thank you. Uh, and you're seeing that, and you saw that with uh, Cabrian Hayes, and you saw that there's a sense of, hey, we think you're going to be a star. We're just going to buy out your prime, and and that's that's not the Yankees, Red Sox, and Dodgers doing that. That's the Pirates. That's the Rays. That's San Diego doing that. And so you may see that teams are saying, look, if they're going to be a star, we're not going to try to you know, lowball them for their first four or five years till they hit for, uh, arbitration. We're just going to pay them more now. And it may save us later, but it, you know, for them, it's a good gamble because they could get injured. They could be Hudeck and have just the one good year. They could be Bob the Hammer Hamlin. So they're, they're, both sides are taking a chance. But if the whole idea is we're going to try to squeeze out as many years before they become arbitration eligible, maybe that's no longer a factor. I mean, so let's say if you're a star, if you are, we'll pay you. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest things there too is 
if a guy uh, finishes first or second in rookie of the year voting, no matter when you call them up, they automatically get a year of service time as well. But if they accrued a year of service time when the voting happens and they're in that top, you can get draft pick compensation. So they've they've tried to say if you're an obvious star, like you have every incentive to go ahead, bring that player up to start the season. They can help you make the playoffs. They're going to get service time either way, but you can get a draft pick for having them up. So I think it works out kind of well, but part of me wonders if losing the 2020 season and having some guys get delayed on their um, on their debuts, if it gives us the impression that all of the, the service time manipulation stuff was successful, when in reality you have situations like O'Neal Cruz, you have uh, Prado and and Melendez with the Royals, they're all at AAA. These guys could be at the MLB level right now. And so, like, how much of it is what MLB did actually worked, and how much of it is just coincidence that a bunch of guys were ready this year, you know? I think it's a combination. You know, I mean, that year where we lost, basically we lost minor league baseball for a year, Mm -hmm. I think that that affected, I I think you're going to see that really affected how people are going to be handling some of these prospects like look we lost a year let's get you up here you know let's get let's yeah. let's get this thing going as opposed to well you know you know just sort of you know playing the the wishy-washy game yeah i mean we saw last year like the rays you know randy rosarena won the rookie of the year and it was his third third postseason third postseason with two different teams um but you know the the rays had three of the top eight of the rookie of the year, but with McClanahan, Franco, and Rosarena, um, you saw that there were teams that saw, hey, look at, we might as well, we, we have these assets sitting in our farm system right now. And they're gonna they're gonna be more valuable instead of dying on the vine in Syracuse, they're maybe more valuable in our, you know, in our major league roster. I think you're gonna see a team like the Orioles who had success calling up Mountcastle last year. Looking at some of these super great prospects they have in their farm systems, so like, let's get them up there. Let's get their butterflies out. Let's 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 do this. Yeah, I mean, and the plan was to have Rutschman up in the season started, if not for the for the triceps injury. But you talked about assets. I want to ask you real quick: um, What do you do when it's a a, a gift giving occasion, a holiday, like a, a a Mother's Day, perhaps? What okay. is your go to move? Look at a lot of times. I'll try to get something functional because my mother has always loved more functional, like a gift that she will use. And every time she uses it, that she'll think of me, but man, sometimes you got to go over something really special. And, you know, I like to get her jewelry, you know, I'm a, I'm a big jewelry guy. So sometimes, yeah. you know, my mom, and I hope my mom's not listening to this, but uh, uh, I'd like to get her, get her some bling. If we know anything about Sully, it's that he's a, a baseball encyclopedia and a big jewelry guy. And big so guy. I want to tell you about BlueNile.com. Like if you're looking for fine jewelry, but you're having trouble choosing what you get, BlueNile.com has jewelry experts on hand 24-7. Available via phone. Wait, so you try to tell me, I'm up. It's I, I'm up. It's 3.30 in the morning. I'm tossing and turning. And I said, I, I, I want to get a solid piece of bling from my ma. And you're telling me that I don't have to wait for the stores to open. I can call Blue Nile right then and there. You can call Blue Nile and navigate thousands of fine jewelry options at every single price point right there. 
middle of the night, you can hop on the phone with a jewelry expert to uh, walk you through whether it's designing a custom piece, going through what they have, a birthstone pendant, diamond earrings, tennis bracelets, even engagement rings, Sully. Well, uh, seeing it's my mom, I'm probably going to avoid that last one. But it sounds like they've got a great, great bunch of variety there. And, man, this sounds like these prices can't be beat. You know, this Mother's Day, give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On MLB listeners get $50 off of $500. This podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day. Use code LOCKEDON. It's code LOCKEDON. Plus... Every order is insured, it ships free, and in case you live with your mother still, it arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. So you can shop stress-free and find your forever piece at BlueNile.com. I got to tell you, my biggest problem with jewelry is when they show up in that wooden crate and stenciled on the side, jewelry. And I'll tell you, it just takes the surprise out of everything. And so that's why I'm going to do my shopping at BlueNile.com. And now... Talking about jewelry, some of these players are going to be looking to be fitted for rings. Am I right? Am I right, folks? <laughs> you are right. Um, the Atlanta Braves rings. The Braves got their rings mm-hmm. last week. Did you see these things? Yeah, yeah. Have you talked about it on your show yet? Like, I don't no, I have not. Were, I couldn't tell if they were rings or they were teapots because uh, they, they opened up. Yeah, they had a little. They had a little secret apartment for I guess snuff. I mean, so, what, 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 what so they that? had a. They had a custom engraving on the inside of the lid. Yeah. And then there's LED lights inside over a miniature stadium. And there's 11 rubies in the stands of the stadium representing the 11 World Series home runs the Braves hit. The only question I have is the Jorge Soler home run in Houston still has not come down. So I don't know where you put that ruby. Did they just give you a loose one with the ring? How does that work? Well, I can also tell you that if you want to get that ring go to blue dial.com <laughs> locked on for 50 percent off of 500 off for your world series ring um yeah i mean my one experience with a championship ring came from when i was a i i, I used to be a tv producer and i worked on a bunch of shows including i worked on a talk show called the bonnie hunt show mm-hmm. which was probably my favorite job i loved working for with bonnie hunt and who and it was it was a lot of fun working on that show and one of the things that I produced was an uh, an interview segment with Michael Strahan and I don't really have an NFL team the closest thing I have to an NFL team even though I'm a native New Englander are the New York Giants because when I lived in New York uh, I lived with my cousin for a while who was a season ticket holder for the Giants I, I never really cared for the NFL but I would go to Giants games with him and that was a lot of fun and so when the Giants won the Super Bowl. Ironically, against the New England Patriots, I was actually thrilled for the Giants. And I told them that, even though I'm a native New Englander, Red Sox fan, Celtic fan, I was rooting against the Patriots. And he brought the Super Bowl ring that he had to the Body Hunt show. Of course he did. And 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 I tried it on, and it looked like I I was uh, Iron Man, basically. It was so big. And I, I asked him, how often do you wear it? He said, never. I never said, I sometimes forget I have it. So it's in a, he keeps it in a case. The case is somewhere like in his like living room or his bedroom. People ask to see it. He takes it out. People want to see it. They take it out. But he said, I don't walk around. So how do you walk around with this thing on your finger? And it was very gaudy. Mm-hmm. You it know? has to be. I mean, 
But like, you know, you would think they would want to have something that you would want to always, you know, wear. But there's, you know, unless you're Green Lantern, you are never going to wear a ring that ostentatious. In fact, if I, that's where I, if the A's ever win the World Series, I want to have green rings, and then I want to give them also a lantern that they can go charge it up there in darkest day. I mean, it is it is 150 diamonds to make the A. It is uh, 755 total diamonds on it after, um, I'm sorry, 744. There is 18 0.71 carats of white gold because the franchise was in, like it's just it's so over the top and I, I'm almost at the point where I'm like have we jumped the shark on this whole thing meanwhile some minor leaguer in Gwinnett is thinking can I have some more meal money please I yeah I can't afford a subway sandwich but no 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 please please I have please. to, I have to share el- this furnished room with somebody else you know, in I'm this living apartment. like the film Nomadland in a van right now but please 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 Put LED lights inside the ring. When the bat, if the batteries go out, do you have to send it back to get changed? How does that's that? When, they have to take it apart to do, the and do a new one. Thing. That's you just you put it back in. So I'm glad you mentioned the housing situation because something new this year that we haven't seen yet is Major League Baseball teams are required to provide housing for minor leaguers. Yeah, and so the, to me. I look at, they they did this, they doubled their pay. It feels like, and they doubled their pay to steal poverty wages. Let's not, let's not right. get this wrong. It's still poverty. But it almost feels like Major League Baseball is terrified that minor league baseball players are going to get their stuff together and like unionize or something. Yes. Yes. It It's, I'm glad to see it. Our friends, advocates for minor leaguers have talked all about this, but what else what needs to be done to make th- things better in general for minor leaguers? Um, look at the first things first. Um, you know, to, I said this on the podcast beforehand in terms of a like living situation. Think about how you're, if you're trying to produce young players to move up through your system and you remove the anxiety of where the hell am I going to sleep? Mm-hmm. Where the hell am I going to rest my head? Most of these kids are kids. Would you don't have to get them a luxurious townhouse? I mean, if you get them a motel room that has a bed, uh, a working toilet and shower, and a Wi-Fi connection, and even bunk them two at a time and make sure this motel has a continental breakfast in the front lobby. Mm-hmm. I mean, how much does that cost a night? In, in a town like Spokane. When you're buying you know, them like in a group package or something. In a group package of which you put a big thing on the, the you know, in the stadium. Like, you know, sponsored by, you know, the Bates Motel right down the street. <laughs> and, and like, let's say each team gets a block of 50 rooms. Okay? Yeah, like for the players and for the visiting team. When they come in, here's your motel. You stay in your motel. Yeah. There you go. How much is that? I mean, how much of that would that really cost a team? I mean, just right there, remove and then having a bus take them from the motel to the stadium. So, you know, oh, how am I going to get that? No, you wake up in there, you get showered, shaved. Again, I'm not talking about the Ritz Scott. I'm not even talking about the Sheraton. Right. I'm talking about a Motel 6, which for these minor leaguers would probably be just fine. And, 
you know, and, and, and to remove, just remove that anxiety from them and have them focus on being a major league baseball player or, or trying to become a major league baseball player. Wouldn't that just show just the, the basic courtesy and they get to the, when they get to the freaking uh, stadium, work out a deal with some local restaurant that they, that you know what, you got to spread. I get it. You, everyone gets a meal. You get you get a you get a place to you get a place to lay down your head, and a meal. Okay, I'm these. I'm not talking about extravagances. I'm not even talking. I'm not talking about luxury. That it's still minor league baseball, and that most of these people aren't going to get above single A ball. And when you get bumped from the team, you got to skedaddle from the motel. But it's not like you have to break a lease. It's not like you have to, you know, I mean, it's, yeah. there you go. You pack up your hotel and, 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 and scram. You For know? every team and franchise being worth billions of dollars, like, I don't understand why as a competitive advantage, nobody's just gone and said, hey, we're going to, we're going to provide, like, we're going to have a chef. Each, each minor league affiliate has a chef and this person's, they're, they're going to buy groceries. They're going to have nutrition set out for everybody every day, pregame, postgame. We're going to give you the place to stay. We're going to give you a place to train in the offseason. If you want, you can stay at our spring training complex. You can live there for free. We'll feed you. You can work out in our facilities. I mean, they're because right now, they don't get paid in the offseason. Like, they just got their first paychecks, like, last week. It's the first paychecks they've gotten since last September. They didn't get paid for spring training either. But it's like, why wouldn't you just say, hey, here's a place to stay in the offseason. Here's access to our facilities to train. The coaches are there. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's food to eat every day so you can put on the weight we need you to put on so you can tap into that power. Like, I don't understand why teams haven't just said, oh, well, the cost of that is minus one year of this 37-year-old veteran that sits on the bench and gets four pinch hits a week. I mean, I just quickly calculated. Let's say a motel room. A motel room is like about 80 bucks a night. Okay, and let's say you get a bulk deal where you get 50 rooms, you know, for your players and for the visiting players and everything. So that's 50 rooms. Let's say let's say it's 200 nights you you've blocked out that, okay, and you do that for five minor league affiliates. That's about four million dollars. For four million dollars, you wouldn't think twice of signing a player for four million dollars and cutting them. Okay, mm-hmm. for four million clams, you can have. I mean, okay, let's say, but and that's and also assume that you could work out deals. You can work out advertising deal that things are done in exchange for this or that. Okay, but let's just say four million. Heck, let's up it to six million. Let's make it like a bionic. That used to get you a bionic man, but now, like let's say you spend six million bucks, and for six million bucks, you make sure that every single minor leaguer you have has a place to stay, can focus on being a minor leaguer instead of focus on all this other nonsense. And that seems like such a pittance, okay? I'm not talking about treating them like major leaguers, okay? I understand there is, a, you know, it's the whole great scene in Bull Durham, my favorite baseball film of all time, where they're talking about how, you know, the differences between the minor leagues and the major leagues. He said, you know, you have batting practice with white balls. People carry your your bags you know you don't there's a spread for you when you get to the stadium i get those creature comforts are there but 
you know, it's just basic decency. And you're right. The amount, like, let's say even like the, the members, like your top, it doesn't have to be every single player, but like all the players you have under contract and especially the ones you have a sense of, Hey, you're someone we really have an eye on. You're in our top 30. Yeah. Well, uh, in, and you, you train in either Arizona or in Florida and you say, Hey, you can live year round in this hotel room in Arizona. This will be your address. You get to, yeah, you get to train here. Okay. Now, if we cut you, bye bye. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, but like, how many, totally, how often do you cut a top that, prospect anyway? You don't. You don't. You know? So, I mean, this is, you know, it, the, the amount of money that it would take. You know, work out one extra deal with Apple TV. Maybe lose one of the LED lights in your ring. I don't know. <laughs> or but it just it's it's such it, it seems like such a you know to one of the things that may drive someone away from baseball and towards another sport is the sense of oh look at I don't want to live in poverty for a couple of years for the outside chance. Now of course. You know, if you go to if you choose the NFL over Major League Baseball, your career is probably going to be over in three years. You know, the same thing with the NBA. But at least you have a shot of a closer shot of making. At least you're going to camp with the team. You get that somewhat more significant major league money in year yeah. one when you're if you make the team in year one. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of playing, you know, I'm going to be with the Hickory Crawdads. You know, I'm going to be. You know, I'll I'll turn out with the Patriots, and you know, at least a year one, I'm in their training camp saying hello to Bill Belichick. Speaking of crawdads and eating things, do you know what I love to eat besides crawdads? Oh, what bars. would that be? Built bars. Oh, oh yeah, built bars are great. Built bars yeah, are I mean, great. Hundred percent real chocolate. It's it's better than a candy bar. Much better for you. Uh, you yeah, should be I, giving them to your players at your spring training complexes. Yeah, yeah. Well, think about that. You get, you get, uh, you get a motel room and a big box of built bars. You're trying to tell me, you're trying to tell me that you could, you couldn't, you, you couldn't lose. I mean, like, lose. it is. It is. Think about it. It's 130 calories, 17 mm. grams of protein, only mm. four grams of sugar, only mm. four net carbs, and the flavors, Sully, are oh, great. There's a, there's a, a, a blueberry muffin. That's a new one. Have you seen that? No, in fact, I thought you just lied to me. Why would you no, lie we, to me? Why would you? We, why would we you, got Lindsay? The, why would you deliberately say something that was so false? We got the variety pack in just the other day. There's a blueberry muffin. I'll tell you, not my absolute favorite, but it's pretty good. What is your absolute favorite? You got to be talking smack. Peanut butter brownie. Mm, that's good. That's no good. hesitation. Like Peanut butter brownie. I like raspberry. Stacy Gotsulius of Lockdown Yankees can't stop friend talking about mint brownie. Yeah, friend of the show. Friend of the show. She talked about my love of the raspberry. I'm going to talk about her love of the mint brownie. And do you know what? I love mint. I love brownie. I love Bilt Bar. So you don't think that's not high on my list. Yeah. And I mean, so tons of flavors, like we've said. There's the recurring flavors. There's special occasion flavors. They had a shamrock one for St. Patrick's Mm. Day. My people. Uh, Yeah. See? Go to Bilt.com. Use promo code LOCK15. You can get 15% off your order. Promo code LOCK15 at Bilt.com. By the way, do you see what do what hat I wore at the uh, Jackie Robinson Day the other day? It, that was an amazing show that you did from Dodger Stadium. That oh, was thank fantastic. You. That was thank fantastic. You. I was very I was very proud of that show. Um, this is this is the hat that I wore. Okay, that's a P. You know what that P stands for? Show what it stands for. The Portland Diamond Project. 
It's a group that wants to bring Major League Baseball to one of my favorite cities in the country, and that is Portland, Oregon. And Portland has been wanting to get a Major League team for a while. In fact, uh, Stadium Page, which is one of my favorite rabbit holes to fall down in all of the interwebs, they have a bunch of designs for stadiums that were never built, including a dome in Portland, Oregon, that was designed to lure an NFL team and a Major League Baseball team. And also several of the never realized attempts to bring either an expansion team or the Montreal Expos to move the Pacific Northwest. I, for one, think, you know, there's rumors that the A's are thinking about moving to Las Vegas. I think Las Vegas would be an absolute disaster to put Way a Major League Baseball team. Way too hot this summer. Even if it was a dome, there's a, it's the same problem you have in Miami, where there are so many people transplanted from other cities that the, the idea of them embracing a team as their own, you have a hard time doing that. You do have people in Portland where there is that deeply rooted, you know, identity with a city fan base that you have that I think they'd be able to tap into. I think if the A's have to move, I don't want them to. I would love it if they moved to Portland, if not Portland, Nashville. I think those are the two places where I think they would work out very well. It's smelling more and more like Las Vegas, which I just think, I just think is going to be a catastrophe, but I am in full support of the, the Portland um, diamond project, whether it's the A's, the Rays or an expansion team. Baseball is going to expand at one point. Um, You get to get to 32. Um, And, uh, I'm all for that for, for a couple of reasons. First of all, I think baseball should realign into four divisions. And if you, have third, yeah, if you have 32 teams, you have eight teams in each division. Um, you create a more natural rival to the Seattle Mariners. Instead of having the Mariners exist in Siberia all by themselves, there's a, uh, uh, it's a, you have a clear rivalry in the Northwest. And I also think that, you know, I've said this before, I'm, I'm not a fan of the Universal DH. I didn't want there to be a Universal DH. But if there has to be a Universal DH, um, and it looks like, yep, there is one, um, then there's no difference between the American League and National League anymore. So w- why have it? Why not, why not just... Yeah, move things. Why not it's, em- it's tradition embrace, the, it. yeah, embrace the natural rivals that you can have? And yeah. let's go for it, you know? And like, so... G- yeah geographically it's very easy like if you have seattle and portland you pair them with like an oakland and the angels there's like a four-team thing you can do more if you want obviously with the giants and the dodgers um you know padres padres and diamondbacks there's your eight right there all on the west coast you can do like the south you've got um my you've got miami you've got the rays the Astros, the rangers the braves that nashville team go ahead put in Put in I the prob- Cardinals and the Royals in there. Boom. Eight, or, or maybe you put, or maybe you put Baltimore in there, and you have the you have the North be Boston, New York, both New York teams, Philadelphia, Toronto, Toronto. Um, Washington. Um, okay, maybe a Baltimore, maybe a Pittsburgh there. Um, I mean, you, we got time to work it out. Cincinnati's right there by Kentucky. That's close enough. Yeah, and then you have you could have both Chicago teams, Cleveland. St. Louis, Milwaukee, Milwaukee, Kansas City, Denver, you know, Detroit. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, you can create new rivalries and fun rivalries. And we saw a little bit of that in the COVID season when everything was regional. You had the central, you know, all the central teams played each other, all the east teams played each other, and all the west teams played each other. 
And I always kind of, I mean, look at, there's a lot of things about the COVID year that were really, really weird. Um, but with that being said, uh, it was uh, the element of the natural geographical rivalries made it kind of fun. And so if, again, I liked the quirk of the National League where the pitchers bat and the American League where the pitchers didn't bat. But again, I can't scream at the tides. And, um, you know, that change was made. And like, well, then let's, if we're going to do it, let's do it. And I think that I really, and of course, I've had some people think that I like, I'm against the, I've been accused of being a stick in the mud traditionalist because I wanted to have pitchers bat. And I also don't like, ghost runner on second base and extra innings because i like manfred man yeah i like wins to be earned but um but i'm actually for some very radical things in baseball the realignment is certainly one um i i'm for what they're doing with the playoffs i mean i I don't want to expand it too much but i'm also for reducing the number of games i'm fine with 140 game schedule especially if we're going to if we're going to increase the number of playoff games then mm-hmm. let's reduce the number of games and do our best to so have. It's not play- November when we're finishing. Well, I, I think the you know my radical s- suggestion was to have the when there was just a wild card game, to have that played on Labor Day. That that's the end of the baseball season is Labor Day. There you go. And then like because that. most people, I mean, you and I are different because we're both walking encyclopedias according to the copy that other people have to read, but most people. Stop paying attention to Major League Baseball around Labor Day. Yeah. Around the time the football season begins. Unless your team's in the postseason. If the team is in the postseason, like here, the Dodgers were in the postseason. When something in the Bay Area, people are going bananas when the Giants are in there. But Braves. when your team's not in, you're, yeah, the Braves have had some success recently. But, <laughs> um, but and I'm sure people are going bananas there for that. But when they're not in it, I'm I'm a unicorn. I'm gonna I'll watch the World Series if it's Marlins Indians. But the fact of the matter is I'm rare that I enjoy it now on the national. For most people, it's strictly a local interest. Uh, and boy oh boy, did I see that head on when I was up in the Bay Area. And mm-hmm. every other year the Giants were in the World Series and it was Mardi Gras. And every other year the Giants didn't make the playoffs, and there was complete and total indifference to major league baseball playoffs. And so most, if most of them are going to stop paying attention around then, then why have your most exciting month of the season played in front of indifferent fans? You know, have, there's no big sporting event in August. Have that be the time when the playoff, when the playoff pushes on. And if your team is in it, great, you're paying attention all through the fall, but we also don't have baseball going smack up against Halloween Thanksgiving, and then eventually the Iditarod. (laughs) Yeah, and I think the whole thing about so many people are local fans ties back into the whole idea of do the geographic realignment, you know, and and you're playing, you're not traveling. Now, the one thing I will say is I do appreciate MLB's efforts starting this year to have teams play each other more often so that you get a chance on on like some sort of regular schedule to see every team in your team stadium. Great. So, you know, I do appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, your idea, like, geographic thing, you know, East Coast teams playing East Coast teams, West Coast teams playing West Coast teams. I mean, we're recording this uh, right before the Braves take on the Dodgers. 
in LA. That game starts at 10 p.m. Atlanta time. Yeah. That is not how you grow the game of baseball. There are not kids staying up to watch that game. I, I have another thing to say on that, but think about, okay, down the stretch, why can't the Yankees and Mets be head-to-head in a pennant race? Well, because back in 1901, Ben Johnson created a league that went against da 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 That's why? Because, well, they wanted to compete against the National League, and so they put a team called the Highlanders. No, no, no. That happened 120 years ago. And some of sports has evolved since then. I have another kind of radical thing that could be different. And I'm going to say something that I may find myself vomiting in my mouth briefly. I kind of uh, see the wisdom in something that Bud Selig tried. Okay. No, oh, sorry. Um, that was hard to get Now, out. he did it wrong. He did it wrong. No surprise. Waking. But there is something behind what he was thinking that may work now. It did not work when he did it, but now may be the time to do it. And you talk about the start time has something to do with it. Now, think about this for a second. What is the single most exciting event in the regular season? Is that final day of the season, especially if there's a lot of games, a lot of teams. Like last year, you had four potential teams trying to squeeze into two spots of the American League in the playoffs. So mm-hmm. all the games started at the same time. And so there's a lot of excitement going on there. In 1995, Selig experimented with something of starting all the playoff games at the same time. And so they were all happening simultaneously. Now it was a disaster because people wanted to watch their team. And of course, all the, the coverage was regional. So they picked, you're, you have no choice but to watch this game that we're playing right now. That was a catastrophe. But think about this. What if all the playoff games were played at the same primetime spot? So it wasn't like, oh, if, you're the, if you were Cleveland or if you were the White Sox, you get hosed with a 1 o'clock in the afternoon start. On a school day. On a school day. Okay. Now I happen to like being at work or uh, teach and being able to check, Hey, who's winning that game? But you get hosed if you're a fan of that team. Yeah. So what if we have enough platforms, we have enough places to put it. What if we say, and, and don't talk to me about Nielsen ratings. Nielsen ratings are, are, are mean nothing. Nobody sits down and watches the television anymore. Okay. They watch things on their device. Right. So what if all the games, the playoff games, were prime time? You I have four, it. you have four division series games going on at once, and you can flip back and forth between them, or you can do picture on picture. I was about to say you can it. do a, a quad box and just watch you, all four at the same time. We have the technology. Have, yeah, and you can watch it any. You can have it. You can if you just want to watch yours. If you want to quad box it, if they want to kind of red zone it and say, we're going to cut back over here to in Houston there, you know, they runners on second and third in back and forth to it like uh, MLB tonight style, whatever you want. There's so many ways to do it. And the notion of we're having these games play, we're staggering the, the start times. Why? Why do that? Imagine if you have one game in with a walk-off home run, you flip over and another game ends with a walk-off home run. And they all start at a reasonable time. So it's not like, oh, man, it's 10. Like there was some time, there was one year where the A's played Boston 
And the way was staggered that it started at 7 p.m. Oakland time. So it was 10 p.m. in Boston. Who the hell is watching the game at 10 o'clock at night on a school day? Not so kids. Let's realign, let's, let's realign it so we take advantage of the geographical rivalries that are natural and just sitting there and start all the playoff games in prime time. Who loses? Who loses that? Very, very few people. So you have fixed baseball. Because um, I'm an encyclopedia. You're an encyclopedia. Uh, if listeners of Lock and Movie Prospects want to vote for you for commissioner, how can Please. they? Where, where can they go to get more information about your platform and follow you and what you're doing? Okay, I've been. And by the way, I'm going to post when I used to do my old podcast, which was called Sully Baseball Daily. And I did like, was it 1600 consecutive days with a brand new show every single day, including a couple of one day I was in the hospital and I recorded from the, my hospital bed. That's how that's that's how I roll um, on my 1000th episode. Uh, I talked about why I should be the commissioner of baseball and I made my my pitch for that. That was back in 2015. I did that. So I'll post the video of that podcast that I did. because It was a lot of fun doing that show. But uh, follow me. If, you, if you're watching this on the YouTubes, you can see that I have my Twitter handle. Sorry, I just hit the mic. Uh, I check Twitter a lot, at Sully Baseball. I also have an Instagram account, which is at Sully Baseball Podcast. I don't check that as often, but I do from time to time. Uh, I have a YouTube channel, which is Locked On MLB. That's the name of the show. Um, and just look up Locked On MLB, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, also check my YouTube. I have another Sully Baseball on YouTube. If you check out every year, I do an in memoriam video for those who we have lost. And uh, this year was an interesting one because there were no Hall of Famers. There were like no like undeniable legends. But I still tried my best to pull your heartstrings. Uh, The one last year uh, was kind of an epic because it had nine Hall of Famers in it and my dad. So that was kind of like if I was really and Chadwick Boseman. And Dick Allen and Dr. Bobby Brown. Wow. I mean, it was like, I mean, you, normally you try to end with a Hall of Famer. And that last year we had Tom Seaver, which was going to say, Tom Seaver, Bob Gibson, Lou Brock, Don Sutton, Tom Lasorda, Phil Necro, Whitey Ford, Joe Morgan, and oh yeah, Henry Aaron. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, that was, that was like, uh, that one was longer because, <laughs> you know, I didn't want to rush through Joe Morgan. Um, but yeah, I do that every year. I used to do it at the all-star game, but starting with the COVID season, I moved it to the, to opening day. And uh, it, it becomes this weird rush that I try to get it posted before first pitch. Um, and uh, that was uh um, sometimes it's it's uh, sometimes it gets right to the wire. It's like it seated Raiders of the Lost Ark where the door was coming down. He he rolls under, then grabs his whip. That's me uh, getting trying to hit that deadline. Nice. And if uh, folks from MLB, from Locked On MLB want to listen to my show, um, you can find Locked On MLB Prospects wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, I have a YouTube page as well for Locked On MLB Prospects. I am on Twitter at Crosby Baseball, and the show is on Twitter at Locked On Farm. Hey, this was fun, man. This was fun. We, you and I planned exactly nothing. 
Yeah. We literally went into this and said, we're just going to talk, talk for we're gonna talk. We're 45 talk. minutes and see how it goes. I think it was great. Sully. By the way, if you like my you. hair, if you see the movie Barton Fink, I modeled it after that. Maybe a racer head. How if many, are... uh, how many, how many midnight movies am I going to reference in one podcast? Uh, if you are not watching this on YouTube, you really have missed out and you really should subscribe to Lockdown MLB Prospects and Lockdown MLB on YouTube because this has been, this has been a, Quite entertaining visual show as well. Um, Sully, thank you for your time, and I appreciate it. Thank you, Lindsay. Um.